Welcome to the Empowerment Radio Show, the show that empowers, inspires, and motivates. Hear from experts in all areas of business as they share proven techniques that have helped them earn millions and have more free time. Learn the tricks of the trade, including how to market your business and develop the million-dollar mindset needed to succeed. Be sure to register for more information at torontowomensexpo.com. Use hashtag EWTS, which is short for Empowering women to succeed. Now, let's welcome the host of the Empowerment Radio Show, Randy Goodman. Well, hello everyone. This is Randy here with the Empowerment Radio Show and my very special guest, Maureen Tabucci. She is a complete lawyer. What does that mean? Well, she does real estate, She does wealth and estate planning, and she does friendly divorces. So if you guys out there are having a fight, she doesn't want to deal with you. (laughs) But I'll let her tell you more about that. And of course, I'm kidding. But she does do friendly divorce. And I want to welcome my podcast guest, Maureen, to the show. How are you, Maureen? Hi, Randy. I'm well. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for being with us because I just absolutely adore you. So I'd love, I can't wait for everybody to hear all about you. So can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and what led you to where you are today? Sure. I was, I was uh, born in Ottawa and then we, my family lived in London, Ontario for a few years and then by the time I was in, then I was in the um, the Peel region, so living out in the country, kind of between Milton, Georgetown, Brampton, and um, I, I guess you could say I was a little bit spoiled because my my love, like I was a very determined little child, and so um, I I told my parents that I wanted a pony, and they said, oh, isn't that nice, and patted me on the head. And then the next year I said, I want a pony. And they said, okay, okay, you know, go away now. Next year I want a pony. So I really, I kept this up until I got my pony. And so we lived with my family on a little hobby farm. And I was into ponies and horses after that. And so that was a big, big part of my life growing up. And, and I know, like, I, looking back on it, I, I feel so privileged Um but it was it was just something I was so in love with that I really wanted, and I guess it's kind of a, a bit of an indication that um, you know when I when I want something I just don't give up, and um, and I had two brothers, two younger brothers, and they were both in hockey, so I did my horse thing and they did their hockey thing. Um, my mom, she was a hairdresser and she worked from home. So she had a little hairdressing shop in our house. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, a, a pretty cool example of an entrepreneur and a, a pretty awesome mom who, you know, made extra money to take us to Disney, to Florida, like any of the family trips was always on my mom's money and, and she was very independent and paid for her own car and then my dad was a business executive downtown, um, and he worked for Procter & Gamble, big company. And um, he had some regrets um, because he went for radio 
broadcast. And so, like, I, I, always, I always felt a little bit of, um, I don't know, re- regret that he, he didn't do that because he had his family young. Um, and, and maybe my mom, too, you know, uh, they, I think they started dating and then they, um, they, they ended up with a family really early. So I felt a little bit of regret from both of them that they hadn't um, been able to fulfill uh, the the life of their dreams because they got saddled so early with a family. So I think that had an influence on me as well. Then uh, from an early age, again, I, I decided I wanted to be a lawyer. I, I, don't ask me how. I just So when I was on, in high school, you know the guidance counselors that will uh, do a, an aptitude test? I had one of those done, and that's kind of why I decided to go into law because that was identified as one of the the key areas that I was interested in. I didn't know any lawyers. I knew nothing about law. I just thought it would be really cool. And when I took the law courses in high school, I I loved it. And I I guess I was always kind of a big mouth, (laughs) someone who, you know, would argue anything and, and disagree with everyone and, uh, you know, very confident um, as a as a little kid growing up. So it seemed like a good fit. So I, I just had this very single-minded focus that I was going to be a lawyer and never, never deterred from that. And I know it's, it's hard for a lot of kids growing up today because, uh, you know, there's so much competition and, and it's hard for them to know what they want, but it, it was different. I don't know about um, about you, but when I was growing up, it was just... You kind of you decided what you wanted to be, and then you just did it. Um, now, of course, that's as we'll get to it. That's got implications uh, later in life, but that's what I always wanted to do. And so, um, university, I I wasn't sure what I was going to major in for for pre law for undergraduate. I took a bunch of economics courses, and which I thought would be a fantastic. Um, my um, undergraduate degree for law, uh, economics and business, and I took a philosophy elective. And the funny thing is, I was just so enamored with the philosophy department and all the courses. And mm-hmm. um, I started in first year with logic courses and deductive reasoning and the theory of knowledge. And and so I just I fell in love with philosophy, and I, I still to this day um, I, I just I can't get enough of philosophy and and rational thinking and and even you know to be more esoteric like a lot of people think of philosophy as is thinking you know why are we here you know why are we the way we are uh, and that's uh, that's kind of cool and that's the thing that you study I actually got a four-year degree asking those questions right but it was amazing pre-law because you know, when you get into to law school, then it, it's kind of the same thing over again. Like you're just, um, you, you have to be able to build an argument and it, it's like building blocks, you know, A, therefore B, um, therefore C. So uh, the logic uh, background in the philosophy department gave me a uh, good background. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. So, so why do you think, like really, why do you think you took that route? Is it only because the guidance counselor said, you know, this is where you should go, or were there other areas that you might have been strong in as well? 
Okay. Um, no, no, definitely not. I, I think that this was where I was meant to be. And when I look back on it now, like it's, you're always so much wiser in, in hindsight. What it was, um, my, uh, if you look at the hierarchy of needs, my need for significance was far and above um, the, the most important uh, need that I had. You know, the needs for security or um, other, other things like that were, were definitely, uh, you know, trailing behind. And it was my need for significance. And, and so to get significance, you, you kind of have to, you know, stand out in the crowd and you have to be acknowledged for how smart you are and, and all those kinds of things. And, and being a lawyer, like that's, that really fits that to a T. And so uh, it, my whole life I've dealt with this need for significance because there's the good and there's the bad to it. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I thank you for being so honest about that because, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that would not share that information. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so what other passions? I know you were telling us about ponies and I wanted a pony and every year you just kept pushing for that pony until you got it <laughs> you know and you're very persistent that's for sure and then you definitely get what you want so what other passions do you have um well I guess I'm a bit of a nerd I'm happy reading a book I'm I'm happy like you know knitting or or for a while I was really into sewing um I I kind of once in a while I I decide I'm I'm going to cook and I'll do like pasta from scratch or or right. something from scratch um I have a lot of different interests um computers the internet, uh, you know, search engine optimization or digital marketing are, are really big passions of mine. Like I'm, I'm kind of nerdy. Um, I, you know, don't really, I guess the, it's almost easier to talk about the things I'm not really interested in. Like I was never really interested in fashion or makeup or stuff like that. I was more of a tom girl. And it's not until I had daughters that they would say, hey, 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 what, what are you, you're going out, is that what you're wearing? Like, get back here, get back here. And they would redress me. So that just goes to show you, like, what a what a dud I was fashion-wise. And, and now, like, I've, you know, now that they've trained me, I can, I can wear, you know, get, get out of the house wearing something half decent, uh, <laughs> you know, that kind of matches and, you know, the the shoes are kind of you complement the outfit, but but that was hard work. That didn't come naturally. <laughs> the kind of stuff that comes naturally for me is just um, like, and when I say reading, I'm talking nonfiction. Like I've I have not. I think I read one fiction book in the last ten years, and and that would have been you know Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, I I thought that was a, a fascinating book because. The, the thing was, what the author was trying to do was show how, um, what, was, what she was trying to appeal to was uh, a, a woman who wants to change a man. So just from a psychological viewpoint, I thought that was a fascinating book. It's the only fiction book I've read, you know, for 
since I can remember, you know, maybe since university when you had to read uh, um, stuff. And uh, so all the reading I do is all nonfiction and inspirational, motivational, how-tos, you know, MBA, business books, all kinds of nonfiction. I've I've got a library of over ten thousand books. Wow, wow. Yeah, good for you. You know, I'm a I'm a learn it all. There you go. Knowledge is I'm, power. Yeah, yeah. And I <laughs> I just feel like the more I know, the more I feel that I don't know. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you you went to university to study law. And obviously you had to work for someone else when you started. When was it that you decided to open your own business? Ah, okay. Well, that's um, uh, after I turned 40. So I basically had a midlife crisis, which was, you know, uh, one of the bigger ones. Some people kind of sail through it and and some people kind of, you know, the the world stops. And and for me, it was a huge ordeal. Um, And, uh, you know, in the book, um, Empowering Women to Succeed, I, I tell more about that story. But what happened was I, I just, kind of had a an epiphany and and I thought um that I was basically unhappy um unemployable for for the reason that I I didn't it didn't make sense to me that I was working my butt off to make other people money and not so much myself and I I didn't like not having control about the work that I did, how it was done, and who it was done for, and um, and and actually, when I when I left my job when I was forty, I I didn't think I I was really turned off a of law, Randy. Like it's so funny because we started the conversation about how oh law was the only thing I would ever do, and it gave me a sense of significance. But you know what? I, when I worked um, in the the big corporate world doing the law that I really felt I was destined to do, um, and it didn't work out, I was so devastated. And I it was two years that I spent um, away from law before I realized I I rekindled my love and passion for for the law and for being a lawyer. And that that's when I opened up my own firm. And thank God I did because it, it was so funny because all the things that I tried um, to distract myself didn't work out. So I, I thought I would open a restaurant and I'd put in an offer to lease on this amazing space and it would fall through. And then I, I tried something else and that would fall through. And so it's kind of, you know, I truly believe that the universe guides us in, as to what we're supposed to be doing. So all these other things didn't work out, but then um, you know something led me back into the law. My personal trainer at the law, at the time had bought a house, and he asked me if I could do the the real estate deal for his house. And I said, sure, I'm sure any you know idiot can figure it out. And I I did the transaction, and it was it was like it rekindled my love for the law. I thought this is cool. I could I could really um, be happy doing this because it's I got so much so much satisfaction handing him the keys to his first house mm-hmm. and uh yeah it, it was really cool and then you know all the all the other things that, that 
come along. You know, it started with his first house deal, and then you know he he needed a, a will, and I was pretty good at putting wills together and doing tax planning because of my my background at the at the firm I had been working for, and I at that time um, I had a master's degree in tax, and so um, the the wills kind of came naturally, and then um, people that were doing the house deal and got the wills, about 50% of them are going to need a divorce. So then I started doing that. So it was very organic, the growth of my law firm and, and very cool and very enjoyable and, and satisfactory. And, you know, clients that, that don't work out, it's not a good personality fit. When you're the boss, you can say, you know, this, this isn't working out, but when you're working for someone else, you don't have that choice. So absolutely. It's, it's, I, I think I think everyone should be their own boss. I mean, it would be kind of a weird world. I'm not sure how that would work out, but I I truly believe that um, you're going to be happier if you have more control over the things that you do on a day-to-day basis in your job or your career, or whatever you call it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, when you're able to make your own schedule and have that freedom, it releases so much pressure and tension in your body and your mind and allows, I mean, it can add a lot, of course, right? But knowing that you can fluctuate your time schedule the way you need to is such a relief, you know, rather than knowing, okay, I have to be at work at 9 in the morning and I have to be here until 5 in the afternoon, you know. it's That would uh, be like, that would be like prison for me. I, I wouldn't be able to take that. Yeah, yeah, same with me. I had a hard time with that, and I totally <laughs> understand where you're coming from. <laughs> totally get it. So you did mention that you that you have a book coming. Can you tell us a teeny bit about it and why you did the book? Sure, sure. The Empowering Women to Succeed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just mentioned that. I did, yeah. So, um, so I've contributed a chapter in in the amazing book, empowering women to succeed, and it's about my this journey that I I told you a little bit about when I turned forty. I I kind of you know had this screw that just you know came undone, and and I realized that what I had been doing was um, kind of to please everyone else and and it was just what was expected and, and what I like I got caught up in this what I was supposed to be doing and I, I didn't realize why I was not feeling happy and, and why I was um, having problems um, you know in, in all areas of my life and finally I realized you know I'm not I'm not happy doing what I'm doing I need to make some changes so that's kind of what the, the chapter is about. It's about having the courage to, first of all, ask yourself, are you really truly happy on a day-to-day basis? Are you one of those people who's living a life of quiet desperation and, and just kind of thinking, you know, when it's okay, I'm going to plod through another day because sometime in the future, you know, when I'm richer, when I'm, you know, when I have more money or when I'm thinner or when I'm, I've worked on my relationship or, 
you know, when I can afford some therapy or when I can afford this or that, like always living like in not in a happy place, but not even doing anything about it and and thinking that things are going to change tomorrow, but not doing anything about it. That's where I think it's called a rut. And I was definitely in a rut. And so it took a lot of uh, courage to change things because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. That's, uh, it's hard we're for pleasers. people to do. Yeah, yeah we're pleasers, right? We put our, our own happiness second because we, we figure, well, I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to disappoint my boss at work or I don't want to disappoint my husband or my kids or like we, we tend to sometimes take a back seat uh, to other people because we don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. And sometimes we don't even realize that's what we do. Right. Yes. We do it subconsciously for sure. Okay, that's that's fantastic, Maureen. Thank you so much for sharing that because I know you're sharing from your heart and you're doing it because you want to help people, so I really appreciate that. So, Maureen, what would you say are the most challenging issues that people face? Well, I think that people tend to get in their own way. So... You know, one of my pet peeves is is drama. So, and and I see this a lot in my office, and I see this a lot in my family and in my friends. And it's like you you see people going through all this drama, you know, drama in relationships, drama at work, you know, drama on the on the highway, you know, with all this traffic. Like, do, do you know what I'm talking about? I do. <laughs> have you ever experienced this? And I just find that, like, for some reason, I I, I feel like the you know the all knowing, like that I can I can pinpoint this drama, and I can definitely pinpoint earlier in my life where where I was attracting this drama, uh, drama, drama, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. tomato, tomato, and um, like honestly, I think. That's the biggest challenge is not being able to see your own drama and your own part that you're playing in attracting that drama. So, for example, um, you know, a client may come in and, um, you know, they, they're, um, I do friendly divorce. In fact, I'm, I'm uh, also publishing a book on friendly divorce, uh, Divorce 2.0, The Secrets to a Friendlier Divorce. Okay. And, and I'm so excited about that because that's kind of what, what I, I try to um, bring to the table is that if you can see your own drama, you can you can deal with it. So, for example, someone will come in and they'll say, "Oh my God, you know, my um, we're trying to do a separation and and they won't cooperate and they're being irrational and you know, blah blah blah, on and on and on." And and so I'll give them a solution to the problem. Okay, well, you know, this is what we can do. We can we can do this. Um, we can do mediation. Mediation works for most cases like Mm -hmm. honest to god unless there is mental illness 
mediation really should work. Um, it's, it's textbook. There are techniques that, that like, it's, these techniques were discovered at, at Harvard, um, you know, Harvard Mediation Center, the, the top center in the world on mediation. And, and all these techniques have been published, and, you know, I've been trained in, in using these techniques. So it works. And like I said, unless you have mental illness, so what will happen is I'll offer all these techniques, but then they'll find a way to get out of it to say, well, no, we're different. Those techniques won't work. And I'm like, really? And so what I tend to see is you don't want the answers. You like the drama. You like the fact that your situation is unsolvable and, and, you know, and, oh, woe is me. And I, I have to deal with this drama because you need that drama. So, I, and, and so that's one example of someone going through a separation. But then do you see how that happens so, in so many other situations? Like, um, uh, so let's talk about like the, the kids that we raise. So we're, we're raising our children and, and they come home from school or, or the older ones. I know both you and I have, have kids in their early 20s. And, and they say, you know, oh, my God, like, you know, this person is just being intolerable. And, you know, I thought they were my friend, but, you know, now I've got all this problem, these problems. And it's like, okay, well, is it, is it you? Is it that person? Is it your relationship? Or, like, how is it that you're attracting the drama of this problematic relationship? And then if you look at it that way, and, and I try to say to my kids, like, you know, do, do you want a relationship that's just happy and smooth or, or is there some reason why, you know, a relationship that, that's a problematic relationship, is there some reason that that's fulfilling a certain need that you have, like a need mm-hmm. for attention or a need? And, and so, honestly, like I think the most challenging issue is yourself and, and your potential need for drama. And if you can see through that and how that need for a drama is fulfilling a need that you have, then you can overcome it because you can say, okay, well, my need is that like I'm not feeling loved and the only way that I can feel love is, is by getting attention, then you can kind of reverse engineer that and say, okay, well, here's the other ways that I can get love that don't need this drama. And like, honestly, I think it's the, um, there's an answer to finding fulfilling smooth relationships in love work you know um interpersonal uh, that um that are so fulfilling and so smooth life doesn't have to be rocky um you know sometimes we we attract rock the rocky stuff because we need it we need it for for certain reasons to overcome challenges and but generally speaking there is a, a smooth way and but we're not always looking for it because we don't need it at that time we need the rocky stuff to to challenge us for different reasons totally agree with you absolutely it's, it's <laughs> and it's so funny how you just watch and go okay there really isn't an issue here and you see someone making it an issue, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you want to just shake them and say, wake up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look at like, this through my eyes. If only you could, you'd see that you, there's an answer. 
Exactly, exactly. And, and part of that is experience, right, Randy? Because, you know, like you're, I'm, I'm quite a bit older than you are, but I, I don't envy, I, I would never, never want to be someone in their, in their 30s or 20s or, you know, even, even their 40s now that I have the privilege of being someone who's, who's 50 years old because, mm-hmm. like, you don't seem to have that knowledge that, that comes with the experience of, of time and experience and living the life because you can look at someone who's, who's in this big dilemma and you can say, well, like, that's dumb. Why don't you just do it this way? Because, and I didn't see those, I didn't have those answers when I was 20, 30, and 40. So it's kind of cool, you know, being, having this, it's almost like, I feel like I've got the wisdom of an elder. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what, you're so right, because the stages that we go through in life, uh, you know, you just come to different awarenesses and different realizations and different learning curves in our lives. You know, um, even things that I was learning in my 40s, I see people who are learning them in their 30s, but because of where I was in my life, I didn't learn them in my 30s. I learned them in the 40s. And, you know, mm. you're, you're only a couple of years older than me, but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so don't age yourself too much there, honey. <laughs> you're not that old and you're still hot, so <laughs> you've got it all Thank going you. on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. There's different stages in our, in our lives. If we can learn them earlier, that's fantastic, but sometimes we're just not ready to. And we have mm. to go through things in the process to deal with whatever it is. And sometimes we don't deal with it, which means it takes us into later years. Or, or we're in relationships that we don't go exploring, you know, personal growth, right? Which, yes. which is what happened with me, basically, you know, in a 19-year-old marriage. And I didn't go seeking all this stuff until I separated, right? And... That happened to be when I was 40. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the things, you know, in your life just pause things or progress them or move them forward. And I love how you're so aware. And when younger people are listening, and I know a lot of them are already really self-aware anyway, right? But yes, for those they are that, different. Yeah, but for those who are still on their journey... Um, you know, hearing you may open their eyes to say, hey, you know, she's right. She's got a point. Maureen has a point there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Why, why am I allowing all this drama in my life? And, you know, I know Maureen's always available to connect with. Um, but thank you. Thank you for sharing that because it's such a, a vital part of our lives that we're not necessarily aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that saying, like, life never deals you more than you can handle. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think that's true. And and I think that, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because you can tell people, like, you know, you and I, uh, now that we have this knowledge, we've been through it, we can tell people who don't have the knowledge, but, but sometimes it's just like a different language for them because they're not ready to hear it. And and so I I'll use my kids as an example on this one is like sometimes like I'll I'll see my kids going through a a, a problem um, or an issue and 
and you know, I'll, I'll, I have two choices. I can say, oh my God, like here's the answer. Here's how you deal with it. Or I can kind of realize that if I, that's just going to be Greek to them. It's going to be like a different language. So then I can choose the alternative, which is, um, oh my God, like I can be empathetic. And, and so, oh wow, I can't imagine like going through that. That must be really tough. Like, what are you going to do? And so then that's how is going to be the, the way to help them is to be empathetic and then to try to um, help them find their own answers. It's like, you know, what, what are you going to do? Like, I might have all the answers. I might be bursting at this season saying, if only I could just do it for you. But if I were to do it for them, then they haven't had the experience that I need. So they need so it's just a matter of asking questions and trying to get them to find the answers themselves or, or just, you know, let them, let them go on their own journey and, and find those answers. Yeah, and I think that that's the important part, right, is we can tell people all we want, but until they're ready, they're not going to go on that journey. You know, you mm-hmm. can, there's different levels and stages in our lives where we are able to hear certain things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And until they get to those levels, and you can help them, but they won't necessarily move, <laughs> right? Until yeah. they're ready. They're, yeah. they're not going to be, it, it's like you're, you know, your mouth is moving, but they're, they can't hear you because they, they're not in a, um, they're not ready for it. Right, and they would swear that you never said it because they weren't oh, yeah. ready to hear it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the cool thing is, you know, when a couple years later they, they, they come back and say, guess what I learned? I learned ABC. Yep. And you're like, I distinctly remember telling you ABC three years ago. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's so funny because you know how sometimes you might, somebody comes to you for advice or help and you may suggest something to them and they may not have been ready to hear it or ready to do it or or not even like the idea at the time and then a few days later come back to you, oh my God, I came up with this incredible idea. You're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Isn't this just what I told you three days ago? Like, no, it's such an incredible idea. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, you just got to throw your arms in the air and go, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know what is, here's, here's another thing that um, is really important because, you know, as as people who are um, in, um, like we make a living from helping others or, or whatever, you know, maybe you make a living or maybe that's just your you you you're in a position that you're able to help others like mm-hmm. you can't like a couple of years ago I was I was beating myself up actually a couple months ago <laughs> I was beating myself up because I I found that I had friends or clients that that I wasn't I wasn't getting anywhere with I wasn't helping them like all my tools all my you know, hours and, and, and years of experience in trying to educate myself and, and work on the tools to help people, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's helping them get, getting them through a messy divorce or, you know, whatever issues that they have. And, and then I was beating myself up, like, what the hell's wrong with me? Like, why can't I be Tony Robbins? Why can't I be, you know, the, um, 
the, the top mediator in the world? Why can't I achieve the results that I want to receive? But then I, I realized that not everyone wants to be helped. Not everyone's in the position uh, the, where the timing is right for them to be helped. So I think that's really important for you and I and the other authors in empowering women to succeed. And even, you know, anyone who's listening to this that has ever been in the position where they, they feel this, um, this calling to help others, like I want to say to you, be gentle to yourself because when, when people aren't listening to you and you're feeling a frustration that you know that you can help, that you want to help, but it's not working, mm-hmm. it's like chill out a little bit because there's some people that just, um, they, going back to the drama, they need that drama. And, and so you, you have to just say, okay, I've done what I can do. That's right. it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we have to be mature enough to step back and say that, that, you know, they're just not ready and they need this right now. Yeah. And your energy is better spent on, a, 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 on someone else or somewhere else. Exactly. Um, where, and, and don't beat yourself up because that's using up energy. So it's kind of like you do what you can do, then you move on. And that's a great lesson for people, Maureen. Thank you for sharing that and expressing that because sometimes people don't want to be helped or don't think they need it. And you just have to know when to back off, right? Yeah. And walk away. And, And you're exactly right. Spend that energy somewhere where it's, deserved and wanted Mm -hmm. right yeah because we're trying so hard and and we're like you know we're we're all all these successful women like we're all overachievers we all expect the the moon and and beat ourselves up when we don't get what we want but it's it's that knowing that you know you you did your best but the other person's not ready for you (laughs) exactly exactly so I mean, this is a great conversation. I love what you're telling our audience. Uh, but what kind of help do you suggest they take uh, when they're stuck in these situations? Like, what can they do? Ah, okay. So <clears throat> here's one thing is um, get, get a therapist, honestly, is, is my answer. Um, to everything, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like because you, um, it, okay. So let's take an example. Let's use an analogy. Sure. You are um, you have a goal that you want to lose weight and get in shape. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you um, set up your profile on My Fitness Pal. Um, you uh, buy the latest diet book, you know, we, we've seen them all, the South Beach, the, um, the, the high carb, the low carb, the banana diet, like there's a million diets and um, which diet works? Well, the answer is um, any of them, pick one, pick any one. <laughs> right, right. You stick to it. Um, but here's the thing, it's like, why don't you stick to, to the diet? So if you want to achieve a goal, um, I guess the what I'm trying to say here is the answer is to get a coach. 
so, you know, when I decided that I was going to get in shape and, and compete, then I got a trainer. I got a, I got a nutrition coach. And then the thing is, is once you do that, it's kind of like a no-brainer because mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're getting someone to figure out every single problem, every single obstacle that you're ever going to run across. It's their job to figure that out, and, and they work with you and figure that out. So if you're in a place in your life where you're having these challenges, you know, emotionally, um, psychologically, you're not sure, you know, where you're at, you, you know that you're not happy, but you don't know why sometimes. Have you ever oh. been in that place? Like, mm-hmm. you're just like, shit, like, I, I should be happy. I'm just not. I don't know why. And, and honestly, Randy, like, there's there's hormones and there's chemicals and and sometimes it's not because of our outside world it's because you know maybe the the you need your hormones checked or, or you need um maybe you've, you've got a little bit of a chemical imbalance like a lot of us um don't know it but there's the um um bipolar and there's you know personality disorders and please don't ever underestimate those, um, you know, mental disorders or don't think like, holy hell, I don't have a mental disorder. Like that's only for weirdos. Like that's, that's not the case because as we, um, you know, like the death of Robin Williams and, and a lot of other um, high profile people who have come out of the closet about their, um, depression, depression is a mental disorder that needs to be front and foremost and people need to um, be, uh, you know, more um, open about that as a, it, it doesn't mean that, that you're a weirdo, that there's something wrong with you. It just means sometimes your, your chemicals aren't perfectly lined up. Like, and, and so the first thing that you need to do once again, is get a therapist. Um, and uh, there's tons of professionals out there. It can be, um, like, I, I don't really advise, like, a psychiatrist because they're more about um, meds, about prescribing medications to, to deal with your issues. But, like, a, a psychotherapist, um, you know, psychologist, um, just, a, a per, like, a social worker, those are the people, even like a life coach, a lot of times they can be uh, like your gateway person to figure out, well, are, are you just not achieving the things that you want in your life and I can help with this? Or is there something more serious? Like are you kind of feeling down and, and is this beating yourself up, you know, or going into a dark place where you just don't want to talk to the rest of the world for days at a time? Like is this something where we can refer you to someone who – who can help um, from that medical standpoint. As, um, as I was talking about, if there is an issue with um, depression or any of the other um, mental disorders. And I, like, I hate to use that term mental disorder because it sounds like, Jesus, like that's not me. But it could be. <laughs> like, you know, wake up and, and smell the roses that... You know, all of us can uh, some. Okay, for example, uh, postpartum depression. Like this is that's a huge issue with women who have had babies. Um, you know, even um, premenopausal women. Like, uh, you know, long story here, but let me kind of bring it back to the fact that 
that's the most important thing that I can advise people, and especially people who come into my office and we want to do the friendly divorce. That is the divorce where you're spending less money on lawyers. It's a less stressful time, and it's kinder to yourselves and enables you to remain friends with your spouse. First thing is get a therapist for everyone, for the person who's leaving, for the person who got left, for the kids, really, really, really important. So important for someone who's going through that um, traumatic, one of the most traumatic things you're ever going to go through is the breakdown of a relationship. Um, but also just for all the listeners out there for whatever, you know, thing that, uh, that you may be going through, have a therapist. And it's like a personal trainer. It's a personal trainer for your I was going to say your little brain. It's a personal trainer for your big fat brain, <laughs> your big fat successful, awesome brain. Because you cannot diagnose yourself. You mm-hmm. cannot um, know all of the answers. And and sometimes that therapist is just your best friend. But sometimes your your best friend or your the girls like you, you know or, or the guys or whoever it is that you use as a um, support in your life, um, they may not be the best person to, to be giving you the answers because they, they cannot diagnose it and they don't, they're just giving you, oh, yeah, like I went through that issue and, you know, the best result was just like, you know, uh, uh, ignore it. <laughs> so whereas, you know, a, a professional therapist might say, okay, well, you know, maybe the reason why you've got that issue is because you are, you know, uh, maybe in your childhood uh, you were um, ignored. And so that's why these issues are, are keep recurring. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's something you need to do. You need to address this situation, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not a therapist. I, I don't um, profess to be. I, I don't. My my best advice, you know, when I'm trying to see a therapist is to get a professional. Don't listen to me because what the hell do I know? But that is um, when when people who are going through separation um, that I'm working with, all of a sudden, isn't it a miracle how so many of the issues tend to disappear once you've done your six sessions in therapy and and a lot of um, um, programs that we have for for families um, that are in a high-conflict situation, the answer um, of getting through this high-conflict, you know, in litigation um, divorce is for each um, parent to have six sessions of therapy. And this particular program I just got certified in called New Ways Therapy, um, sorry, New Ways um, uh, Mediation, is uh, that's exactly what happens is each parent gets six counseling sessions and, and it's a miracle how you <laughs> tend to dissipate after that. So I don't know if you've ever had a therapist, Randy. I will be um, fully uh, transparent here. I've had a therapist. Um, uh, my kids have therapists. Um, my, uh, you know, I... I fully, fully, fully recommend, um, you know, uh, therapy for everyone in whatever form, whether it's your life coach or whether it's like a, a really hardcore um, psychotherapist uh, that you need to be attending every week. Hell, what's the downside? 
like what's there there's no um there's no downside like i mean even a lot of it is covered with your plan at work to see a, a therapist but um but that money i think is money really really well spent to get your head on right so that you're making good decisions yeah it can make all the difference in the world that's for sure that's for sure um, and, and even teaching people how to express themselves so that they don't hold stuff in, which causes you to react um, in extreme ways sometimes. So anything to help you live a happier and healthier life, especially expressing. And, and the thing people don't realize either is uh, a lot of the emotions that we hold in cause about 80% of the diseases out there that we get. You know, the yeah. stress-related diseases, and we hold this stuff in, and it causes these terrible things to occur inside our bodies, and we don't even know it's happening. So, mm. absolutely, definitely, you know, learn how to express yourself, how to deal with situations. Uh, so, I totally agree with you on that. I think it's very important, and we can't do it ourselves. You know, we're not doctors, we're not trained as coaches, we're not trained as, and we may have all kinds of great life experiences, but you always need to express it out loud and figure out how to best deal with it and move on, right? Yeah. So I, I think even the top therapists have therapists oh, because yeah. they know that you can't, you can't, diagnose yourself you can't figure out what's going on um inside um yourself so you gotta you need someone from the outside who's objective to be able to do that yeah, yeah and, and then about the, go ahead sorry about the illness like mm-hmm. cancer you know mm-hmm. all the illnesses i i truly believe they are um uh, direct in direct relation to the uh, what's going on inside your head? Truly believe that, Randy. That truer words were never said. Mm-hmm. No, I, well, I know from my own experience. I know it to be true, and you know, I I know others. So it's it's very powerful. The mind is really really powerful, and people don't realize just how powerful it is. And mm-hmm. you have the choice. You actually have the choice. So if you're a negative thinker or you're pessimistic or, uh, you, you know, you feel that nothing goes right for you, you know, I should really strongly suggest that you speak to somebody or have somebody help you through so that you can be a positive thinker, um, you know, and, and look at the bright side of things because that will make a huge difference in yourself holistically. Everything, mind, yeah. body, soul, everything. So yeah, no, I, I yeah, that's what I love about you too. You know, like people want to be around positive people, and I, I've always had this, you know, attraction to you. And I, I definitely know why that is. It's because you're a positive person. You're a positive thinker. Thank you, honey. No, that's why I love you so much because you're amazing. You know, and you're positive, and uh, and you love helping people. And I, you know, and and I think everybody can feel that from what you're sharing here because you're not focused on you. You're focused on helping others with something that they could get over, you know, with the drama or with having a therapist or, you know, getting a, a positive twist on anything that they're doing. So I absolutely love that and appreciate you sharing that. 
Yeah. You know, that's my psychological food. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, um, um, uh, fruit and veggies and, and, you know, protein and whatever you're eating every day, like that's the physical part of our bodies is like a tiny, tiny, tiny part, but the psychological food that we need, that's a much bigger part. And, and helping people is like how we feed ourselves. It's how we, you know, um, uh, feel good about ourselves. And, you know, um, so one other tip, like getting a therapist is one, one other tip is meditation. And um, because I, I think that's it really helps you stay positive. Like, mm-hmm. hell, some mornings I wake up and I'm grumpy. Like, I'm feeling <laughs> so damn positive, you know, for whatever reason. And and you know what? If if I just put on like a, a Deepak Chopra meditation tape, all of a sudden the world's rosy again. And Ooh. how easy is that? How easy is that? Just to listen to twenty minutes of uh, good old Oprah and Deepak and and something that's a free download. You know, it's it's so it's such an easy answer, such an easy fix. Just to close your eyes and and listen to someone in the background, you know, telling you about how. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of an, an example of a recent meditation, like how. Um, our our consciousness is um is is good that uh you know if if we just listen to the good inside ourselves then everything will be okay like just that 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 background noise that makes you feel good about yourself exactly and i and i love your message cuz your message is telling people take some time for yourself take a few minutes even if it's just 10 or 20 minutes for meditation mm-hmm. or whatnot but clear your brain, start off your day fresh. And I think we get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of life and kids and this and that, and we forget to take a few minutes for ourselves, for our own health, for our own sanity, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think that's an incredible message that you're giving. Yeah. Anyone who has any problem, first of all, um, meditate for at least 20 minutes a day, like schedule that. Secondly, do some sort of activity for at least 20 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then third, you know, have someone that you can talk to being um, minimum, like a, a friend or, or even better is a, a life coach or a therapist. And then let's hear if you have any problems because I bet you, Nine hundred ninety nine hundred thousand out of a million it's you're not going to have that problem because totally the the meditation deals with your with your mind the physical movement you know helps produce all the good hormones that you need because sometimes like when when we're not exercising it's like your body's not producing those good hormones that you need mm-hmm. and those endorphins. And so you got to move, you got to, you got to exercise, you got to, you got to do some, some weight bearing activity because otherwise your muscles just atrophy and you're going to get old and exercise is the fountain of youth. Definitely. Definitely. So thank you. Uh, So what kind of results can people expect when they work with you, Maureen? Okay. So um, I'll, I'll kind of review what I do in my law firm um, because it's kind, of a, it's kind of a holistic law firm. 
Like you may mm-hmm. be coming in for a legal issue and you may be walking out with like, you know, all these recommendations for for other things that you need. Um, but uh, because it, it's a holistic approach. So, um, you know, when, when you come in to, for example, you're coming in for a will where, well, we have to look at the whole picture of your entire life because you can't just say, okay, well, here's my assets and I'm leaving them to, um, you know, my kids. Well, you, you have to look at everything in your life. Like, you know, do you, um, do you have life insurance? Who are you leaving that to? Do you have RSPs? Um, who's the beneficiary on that? Um, and then do you own your home? Um, who's the beneficiary of that? How do you own your home? Do you own your home with your, with your spouse or with your common law partner or by yourself? Um, so you, you really, um, like as a, as a lawyer, I have to look at your whole picture and it's kind of cool in your business. Like who's the, who, who do you own your business with? Do you own your own business? Is it incorporated? Um, are you a sole proprietor? Um, should you be incorporated? And you are, if you are incorporated, um, then, well, actually you need two wills because we can have a will for your corporation and for you where you save tons of taxes. And I um, have uh, taxes are always first and foremost in the recommendations that I give to any client, no matter what you're doing. If you're if you're doing a divorce, if you're doing a simple will, if you're doing a real estate transaction, if you're a a property in a real estate investor, and um, you probably know this, Randy, but I have a master's degree in tax, mm-hmm. and yes. and I and I remember my grandma saying. Like when I when I decided to to quit my job in the corporate world, like we discussed earlier, and so um, it it didn't look like I was going to be directly using all that knowledge and that you know two years of hardcore um, studying for masters of tax. I remember my grandma saying, "Well, that was a waste of time," type thing, and and I was thinking, "Yeah, shucks, like you know, woe is me, like what a loser." But now I, I can actually say, like, that master's degree in tax, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, almost every conversation I have, like, these little wheels are turning in the background. And I'm thinking, okay, like, is that the best way to do that for tax purposes? Because, like, that's the bottom dollar, right? Like, right. every dollar in your pocket that can be a dollar in your pocket and not the dollar in the Revenue Canada's pocket, well, that's a good thing. So... You know, every person who comes into my office, like, uh, like I said, it's a it's a big picture approach, um, and I I I love finding out about people. And of course, it's all confidential. But um, you really need to tell me most of your life story so that I can help you um, in the best way possible. And whether that's um, drafting a will and establishing an estate plan, mm-hmm. or whether it's just buying a piece of real estate or whether it's um, helping you go through a, um, a separation and a divorce, or maybe you're, congratulations, you're so excited about a new relationship, and maybe you need a marriage contract or a prenuptial agreement, and, and how to work through that, and how to um, negotiate that with the other party, because like a lot of people, they, they get nervous about prenuptials, um, agreements and think, oh God, that means that you know we're we're already doomed. Well, no, it doesn't. It's just the the smart thing to do. It's the thing that 
um, a, a, a empowered woman would do is have a prenuptial agreement because you you yeah you're gonna get um, married you're entering this new relationship or actually whether it's a marriage or a common law relationship you have to protect yourself you have to protect your family you have to be realistic and so I can help people um, in how they're going to bring that to the table with their spouse mm-hmm. because um, women please don't, uh, women who are listening, please don't stick your head in the sand. And obviously you're, you're not going to do that because you've read the book Empowering Women to 16. <laughs> and it's really important that, that you protect your assets and you protect um, your um, identity and that you come to the table as an equal partner. And so both partners um, who have assets in a, in a new relationship need to protect those. So I'm call, kind of all over the map, but really what I, what I do in my office and what I can offer, um, it's, it's most to do with, um, with personal law. Um, so it's, I don't work for big corporations. I work for individuals and I work for business owners and, and it's um, whatever legal needs you may have, you know, whether it's a contract. Some people will come to me and, and they've got a contract. So that contract might be a, a lease to rent a commercial space. It might be a contract to buy a franchise. It might be a contract to, um, you know, um, enter into uh, an agreement with a publisher to publish a book. And whatever that contract is, I, I have some experience as a lawyer that I can shed some light. And, and I'm lucky and blessed enough to be able to do that. Absolutely. No, I'm... You're a wealth of information, Maureen. I know you're brilliant. You're very well educated. And anybody who would come to you is not going to be disappointed at all. They're going to be elated. And I love how you work in the positive fashion, like even with divorce. You know, you are not interested in all the drama and the conflict and let's fix this and, you know, do this logically and rationally and and that's what's so amazing about you so I know they're going to get great results working with you I work with you personally and absolutely love working with you so um, you know a a testament to knowing the results you're going to get a very detailed um, attention giving um, session or sessions with Maureen in order to help you through whatever topic or situation you have going on because you're you're so attentive to everything. But what makes you so passionate about sharing your message with people because I can hear all the passion coming <laughs> through you and it's not just about your business, it's 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 so much about helping people in every aspect of their life. So what makes you so passionate? You know what it is? It's, it's like um, it's drugs, Randy. I have to confess. This is, this is, <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spill the beans here. I'm, I'm going to come it. clean. It's, it's drugs. And you know what happens is when you, when you have a problem, and, and it's like the, the most terrible, like all-consuming problem in the world. So, so one of those problems 
for me was was the breakdown of the relationship and and then another problem was um um putting everything into a career and and go 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 and then realizing that you hate this freaking career that that this is not what you wanted after all and so these are these are problems and then figuring out how you're going to solve the problem when you start to turn the problem around there's like this um it's like a drug and like I've never done heavy duty drugs like cocaine but from what I hear is it's like it's like the the highest high that you could ever imagine like it's like being in love like times a hundred thousand like it's just this euphoria I guess is the 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 best um, word that is used to describe it so when you start to solve these problems it's like a euphoria. It's like, holy shit, I'm, I'm, I can do this. I'm solving this problem. And so in my life, when I had these problems and then they, I started to figure out the answer, and like I'm talking about after years of suffering, then I'm starting to finally figure out how I can solve these problems. And then the euphoria that comes along with that, well, it just, it builds. Like it's, it's more and more euphoria because when I figure out the answers to this problem, then there's another problem. Okay, well, why don't I try the same technique? And then, I'm, so now I'm solving the answers to my problem. Well, now my friend has a problem or my client has a problem. Well, what if I give them this, the same answers that worked for me? And so then they're getting that euphoria. So that's why, and I, I like to, you know, use the analogy of, of drugs because it's like, you, you start out with just, you know, a, a little bit and, and then all of a sudden it's this tidal wave of, of success and answers that come your way and, and it's, like, um, it's like that feeling. It, it, so it's not the actual drugs. No, we're not doing drugs here, but it's that feeling of, of euphoria that comes from feeling like you're a success feeling that you can help other people because there's no euphoria like uh, there's the euphoria of getting through your own problems but there's the euphoria of helping someone else your kids your clients your friends helping them with their own problems and that's like a hundred times more euphoria than even getting through your own problems so like what's my what's my driver my driver is that I was lucky enough in my life to have this little tiny tiny taste of success because when I got that little taste then I wanted more and Mm. and then I you know I got more and then I'm like this is good I want more than that even and so now I'm I'm just like a success pig I want all there is to have and I want all there is to have not only in my life but in the people around me and and I I feel like you know I've got some tools in my tool belt like Mm -hmm. we talked about those tools we talked about exercise we talked about meditation we talked about having a therapist and so um you know that's that's really what the answer is is 
once you have those tools and you get a little bit of success, it's um, knowing the fact that you're, you're entitled to all the success in the world and it's out there. It's within your reach. And, you know, when you're, when you're first starting out in life, you don't realize that it's within your reach, it's within your power. But once you have a little bit of success, like um, I'm a woman who's succeeded in the field of law where it's, it's not always easy because, you know, you've got the, the glass ceiling and you've got, um, you know, it, discrimination and, and you've, got, you've got to work um, 80 hours a week to, to make your business succeed. Like, but the thing is, once you have a taste of success, then it's like a recipe. You kind of just like repeat that recipe, rinse, lather, repeat, because now you have the formula, you can do it again and again and again. Exactly. Exactly. I absolutely love that. So what anyone we- can do it. Anyone. You're right. You're right. And the people who thought they never could are doing it. So (laughs) it doesn't matter where you are in your life. You absolutely can do it. And there's support around you to help you, right? That's where you come in. Yep. If you don't have that support, call me and call Randy. And we will brainstorm. (laughs) And between all of our contacts, we will know someone who can help you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you tell people about starting a business? Is it difficult? Are there any tricks to the trade? And I mean starting a business in the field that you're in. Oh, okay. Like as a lawyer? Yeah, yeah. Or getting into real estate or getting into any of them. I mean, you're involved in so many different facets. So what would, you, what would your best suggestions be to somebody? who is looking to get into this business. Okay. So it's, um, it's definitely about um, uh, profiling the, the person that you want to help um, because it's, uh, it, it's, it's kind of um, synergistic. Like you're helping them, but, but they also have to be looking for help. So, um, and, and this is, I've, I've done, like, like you kind of already picked up, I'm, I'm a learn it all. Um, so I've, I've done tons of business courses where it's, it's like the uh, startup. Um, so what do you do when you're first starting a business? So uh, forget about um, starting a, a law business um, because I'm an entrepreneur um, and I help tons of business owners. But that, that first step is figuring out um, who you want to help. Um, so you have to identify your client. So let's say you're in a business, um, let's say you're, you're a life coach. Um, so you, you have to be really, really specific. So if you're a life coach, you can't say, well, I want to help um, uh, people who, are, who just got laid off from, from work. Um, so actually, sorry, that is a good example. So if you're a life coach, you, you can't just say, I want to help people who, who are um, – in a, a, a point of um, uh, unhappiness, um, that they, they don't know where they're going in their life. Like, you can't start a business with that premise. You, you can't say, okay, I'm putting it out there to all the people who are unhappy and want a life coach. I want to help you. No, 
but let's take the um, the alternative that would work. I want to put it out there to everyone who's um, gotten a golden handshake or got um, fired or who's gotten a, um, you know some sort of gotten let go from their job in the last six months. I want to talk to you. So you're identifying your um, your your client like. Um, What's the? I'm I'm just going to use your target client. So you're identifying your target client. That's the person that you want to help. Then the second part is they they have to know that they need your help because it's not going to do any good whatsoever. So so um, I was talking with someone the other day and they said um, they they want to help people who have anger management issues in this certain industry. So I'm not I'm not going to tell you the industry, otherwise I, I would be um, potentially breaching confidentiality. But um, but this person I was I was uh, um, brainstorming with on her business, we were talking about um, her target client, and they have anger management issues in this particular industry. And I had asked the question, does that target client know that they have an issue with anger management? And she's like. No, they don't know it. And I'm like, okay, well then, like, you're, um, it's, a, eh, it's a gong because that is not going to be a successful business because that target client is never going to know that they have the issue. So, so two things, identify your target client and then make sure they are a person who knows that they have an issue or if you tell them they have an issue, they, would, they, they know that they need help and so then they will hire you. So um, in, in my law practice, for example, um, my target client is going to be someone who's buying or selling real estate. So they know they need my help, and, um, it's, uh, and, and now my job is, okay, well, so where do I find people who know they need a lawyer um, to close their real estate deal? And the answer to that is, and so did I figure this all out by myself? Hell no. Mm-hmm. When I opened my own practice 12 years ago, Randy, I hired a law practice coach. And so we went through this exercise with my law practice coach and me. And I'm just like, you know, get me to a million dollars a year. I don't care how you do it. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, well, yeah, <laughs> we can do that. But because, you know, I'm all gung-ho, the over miss overachiever. He's like, well, yeah, we can do that, but we've got to um, identify your, your target client. So this is what we did. My target client is someone buying selling real estate. And then we figured out, okay, well, the best way to find that client was through realtors and through mortgage brokers because who do they deal with every single day but my client. Mm-hmm. So it, it turned out like the direct approach to my client, like, yeah, I could have a, um, a very expensive ad on a, um, uh, um, a bus shelter or a, a billboard saying Maureen Tabucci real estate law. Um, but that, that is spending a lot of money on the general public and the general public is not my client. My client is one who's buying or selling real estate. So you, you have to figure out who your client is, then you have to figure out where they are and, and who they're dealing with. So they call it um, psychographic profiling. So um, 
if my client is someone buying selling real estate, I have to know how old they are, what sex they are, um, where you know where they shop. The more detail I know about that person and um, you know their their income status. Do they work? Are they self-employed? So if I'm going to um, drill down into my niche of real estate investors that are buying and selling real estate, then I'm going to identify that they're all self-employed. Um, they all own their own businesses. So the more I know about my target client, the better I am able to um, advertise to them because I know where they live, where they hang out, what they're looking for, and and so I know how to advertise to them, how to be where they are. So it's kind of like a natural fit. So for my um, real estate investors, do I hang out at real estate investment groups? Am I a, a speaker, a keynote speaker on on tons of the um, workshops for real real estate investors? Hell yeah, that's where they are. Mm-hmm. So now is is this making sense? Am I is this um good uh is this good advice for someone starting out in business? Know your client, make sure that they know that they need you and then be where they are. Absolutely. Be, absolutely. <laughs> if you're not where they face. are it doesn't matter how much education and knowledge you have and how good you are. If you're not finding your clients, you're no good to anybody. <laughs> that right? disconnect is a non-starter in business. And I, I think it's unfortunate that a lot of people, they, they never start because they, they never find their client and where they are and, and the fact that they need them and, and, that, and, and that the client will pay for their service. You know, exactly. and if, if, you're, if, you, if you keep hanging with clients who won't pay for your service, get the hell out of there and find clients that will pay for your service. <laughs> That's probably one of the best advices. That's awesome. <laughs> because it's so true and you see so many people in the same situation. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank and you. Is it, is it kind of funny, Randy? Like, you know this and I know this. And and so it, it's like if you have a business that you're not making money at, uh, you know it's it, 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 there's no there's no reason for that. Well, it's a hobby. If it's yeah. not making money, it's a hobby, right? But, but but there's no reason for that because if you do what I just said, there's no reason why you can't make money. Exactly. So it's like I I don't like one of my sometimes I I tend to judge people that that I'm going to be honest but I judge people because if they're like wow 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 I'm not making money and I'm like really like I, there's no reason for that let's let's get you into a um a, a group of of you know, women <laughs> or a group of people, men are allowed, um, mm-hmm. where, where we brainstorm who's your client. Your client needs to be putting up their hand that they need you and where are they 
And then you're not going to be whining anymore about I'm not making any money. You're going to be whining about I have so many clients, I don't know how to find enough staff to service them. That would be a good problem. That would be a great (laughs) problem to have, right? (laughs) Thank you so much, Maureen. Like what an incredible journey you've had. And the amount of information that you're sharing with people, it's unbelievable. It was such an honor to speak with you today. Um, If people want to reach out to you, is there a website that they can go to? Yeah, so there's a couple of websites. So um, my my personal website is MaureenTabucci.com, and you'll you'll find more about um, you know me personally, and and um, you know there's a download that I have there from from the book Empowering Women to Succeed. So there's it, it's it's more of a um, helping you on a on a personal and a business level. But if you have a legal need, um, whether it's <clears throat> Um, talking about a contract or talking about a, a separation or a family law issue or a getting a will done or you need a real estate lawyer, then um, go to tabuchilaw.com. So either of those websites are going to lead you to, to me, but, but one's a little bit different. The tabuchilaw.com is if you have a legal issue and if you just want to find out more about me and my life and, and you know, my books, then go to maureenbucci.com. And, um, and, and just uh, I want to say thank you so much, Randy. I've known you for a while now. You've seen me through a lot of um, uh, crises that I've gone through. And um, thanks so much for, for all the the things that you've, um, you've, you've offered me and your support and your positivity and, and, and this book that, that we've worked on together, Empowering Women to Succeed. And um, I just, from the bottom of my heart, Randy, thank you so much. Well, thank you, Maureen. I'm so appreciative of you being a part of it and, you know, and the wonderful person that you are. You absolutely deserve to be in the book and you have such a great message to share and I'm honored to be uh, you know a friend with you and connected to you because I love absolutely incredibly positive people and love surrounding myself with those people so thank you for that and can you just spell your website for people in case they don't know how to spell your last name yes thank you so uh, MaureenTabucci.com is M-A-U-R-E-E-N-T, as in Tom, A-B-U-C-H-I, MaureenTabuchi.com. And then the other, the legal website is TabuchiLaw.com. Tabuchi, once again, is T-A-B-U-C-H-I, law.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And thank you again, Maureen, for joining us. It was so enlightening to hear your viewpoints on everything. And I appreciate you speaking from the heart. That's very valuable. And you're very authentic. So thank you so much. And thanks for being on the show with us. And I want to thank 
each and every one of you for listening to this podcast. And please remember to subscribe and share. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Empowerment Radio Show. Want more empowerment from Randy Goodman? Stay up to date and follow Randy on Twitter at Randy Connects. That's Randy with an I. Remember to use hashtag EWTS, which is short for Empowering Women to Succeed. Or visit TorontoWomensExpo.com.